Welcome everyone to Just Crypto. My name is Vanessa and we're here with your weekly update in what's been going on in crypto. So we've got a lot of things to talk about here. We'll talk about Do Kwan and the SEC, uh, Luna and UST. Uh, we've got uh, just a whole series of SEC actions against all sorts of things. So we'll cover cover those. Uh, Polygon's made some great improvements. Uh, we've got some awesome news out of Multiverse X just keeps coming this week. Uh, Cardano contingent staking. We'll touch on that briefly. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned. Uh, we have uh, some fun with ordinals on Bitcoin. Uh, and then NFTs on Monero. What's going on there? And can that even be private? Uh, so we've got a lot coming up uh, in, in the show. Um, before we get started, as always, I just want to disclaimer that uh, none of this is financial advice. Don't take financial advice from YouTubers. Uh, use this for education, entertainment, or just to play on the background. <laughs> um, uh, this is all good. So uh, yeah, let's let's dive into it. Uh, we've got a you know a few good stories here to talk about. Uh, as always, uh, all the stories that we talk about are linked down in the description. So if you'd like to get a little bit more information than what we're covering here, uh, definitely you know go ahead and uh, do that. Um, before we get started as well, I also want to thank Jack, who <laughs> gave me a bit of a kick in the pants. I was endlessly scrolling Twitter, and I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I should make a video. It's about that time. So here we are. Uh, we're making a video. Let's start with the SEC has charged Terraform Labs and its CEO, Do Kwan, with defrauding investors in crypto schemes. Now, there's a lot in here. Um, there's a lot that kind of talks about the you know specifics of uh, what they're saying um, are intended to be securities, things like their uh, M assets, which which are the synthetics. Uh, Luna, obviously, they're charging as security. Um, there's there's kind of a lot in this complaint. Uh, I recommend reading this thread by Orlando.btc as well, uh, where he breaks it down um, as far as like what it actually means. And there's two pieces here which you should be a little concerned about. Uh, the first of which is their targeting of UST as a security. Now, as many of you know, the goal of UST was to be a stable coin. It was not to uh, be something that would appreciate in price. Um, so that that casts a pull almost over the entire industry in terms of the um, uh, how the SEC is going to be coming after uh, stable coins, uh, regardless of which stable coin you are. They're trying to treat that as a security. Uh, personally, I think that's absolutely crazy. That they're doing that, uh, but you know we're we're uh, in a little bit of a clown world these days with with how they're they're approaching it. The second thing, which is is interesting, is that um, let me see if I can bring it up here. Yeah, they're talking about bridged assets. So in this case, W Luna also being a security, and um, that's interesting because previous rulings have talked about uh, secondary sales uh, not actually coming under the auspices of the SEC or securities law. Um, and so uh, what they're really, in my opinion, trying to do here is uh, write some uh, precedent and uh, regulatory precedent, essentially, um, that will negatively impact the entire crypto market. And they're using people's ire against Quan, Luna, and UST as a way to foster some of that. So again, disingenuous from their part here. Uh, Com continuing the cavalcade of disaster that the SEC tends to per uh, perpetuate. Uh, Stablecoin markets pick winners and losers ahead of SEC Paxos lawsuits. So we covered a little bit of this last week uh, where they basically have told uh, the uh, Paxos, which issues BUSD, BUSD is a fully backed stablecoin, fully backed by fiat. They've told them that they can no longer mint any more Paxos. Uh, this, sorry, any, any more BUSD. This has a tremendously negative effect on Binance, who has just recently switched all of their trading pairs over to BUSD from USDC. 
Um, you know, really, this is the SEC coming after stablecoins again. Uh, Paxos, uh, to the best of my knowledge, has been one of the good actors within the crypto ecosystem. So we're sitting at a point here where, um, yeah, the SEC is going after good actors and bad actors and really lumping them all together. You can see already the market cap for uh, Binance's USDC. Uh, USD has dropped by almost 15 billion. So, um, I, you know, I expect that uh, over time to trend to zero since you can't mint any more USDC. As it stands, if you hold BUSD, uh, you are able to uh, redeem it for uh, a dollar. So that's still there. There should be no reason why you're trading it for less than a dollar. Uh, currently, redemptions are still open. Um, next, uh, the SEC continues on the war path, and they have proposed a, another rule which would change how crypto, uh, crypto firms can custody customer assets. Um, what they're basically saying here is everyone needs to custody their assets with a, a licensed bank, essentially. Um, but they're going a bit further than that and saying that anyone who um, custodies crypto assets is liable for the full value of it. Uh, the law that they, or the regulation they're proposing here is pretty broad. Um, some people expect pushback from folks in the commodities industry in various other industries as well. Uh, you know, the example used is how can you be liable if uh, you, you know, as a custodian of an asset, if the the truck that's driving the wheat, uh, you, you know, ends up flipping on the highway. And, and so this is very much an overreach. Again, the SEC trying to make everything a security, trying to regulate everything. Um, and, and really, this could, you know, start to clamp down a bit on what's happening within um, the US. Uh, the, the SEC has been very aggressively going after it. There are some people saying that there is a concerted effort from uh, those currently uh, in, in the White House and regulators to essentially uh, kill crypto. And it, it feels like we're on that path. Uh, many uh, who have uh, been very involved in Washington are a little more optimistic than I am after seeing a lot of what's going on here. Uh, conversations apparently are still happening. We do have a lot of friends as the crypto industry within Congress, so that's a, a good thing. Um, what can you do with all these uh, actions from the ACC? I think the biggest thing to do is Really call up your uh, congressperson, call up your senator, let them know how unhappy you are with this. Uh, ultimately, those in government work for us. They are our representatives. So give them a call. Uh, you can find, the, you know, if you Google for it, you can find the number. It just takes literally five minutes. I know we all hate talking on the phone. It does make a big difference uh, standing up there. Um, also, I want to shout out if you are following along uh, and you're here and you're live in chat, just drop hi. We'd love to know who's here. Um, Hi, um, I cannot pronounce that, so I will just say hi and and welcome, cute dog. <laughs> um, let's keep going. So we've got you know more news. I think that's that's most of it for the SEC for now. Uh, they really are on the warpath. Call your congressperson, call your senator, let them know that this is not okay. Moving to good news. So Polygon has announced a date in late, Mar late March for its zk EVM mainnet beta. What does that mean? Um, so up until now. Uh, Polygon has effectively been a sidechain on Ethereum. Uh, a sidechain really requires you bridging your assets from Ethereum over to Polygon in order to use. The bridging process is the nightmare. I think they say it can take up to seven days. Uh, there is really a very limited, you, you know, in terms of the security that Ethereum provides. None of that's carried forward into the Polygon sidechain, really until you bridge your assets back to Ethereum. So by, um, you know, getting into the playground, uh, launching their zero-knowledge proof EVM, uh, they can become a true L2. Uh, and a true L2 allows settlement to happen periodically on the Ethereum uh, mainnet, uh, which is a tremendous step in terms of the security and the, the guarantee of transactions. 
Um, it also lets Polygon play with, uh, I mean, I guess now the big boys, Arbitrum and Optimism on the Ethereum network, um, who are also, you know, true L2s. The um, L2 market has uh, absolutely been been burgeoning in, in terms of the number of dApps that are being released in terms of the TVL. Uh, so this is a great play from Polygon. I think, you know, kudos to the team there. This is a lot of hard work. These um, these roll-up technologies and zero-knowledge proof are not easy. <laughs> it's not a, a, you know, these are hard cryptographic problems. So kudos to the team there. Um, let's jump into Multiverse X. So uh, we have a lot of news from the Multiverse X team this is, this week as well. They've really been on a tear. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is that they announced that they're teaming up with Tencent. Now, as some of you may know, you know, Tencent is one of the largest technology companies in the world. Um, they, they build uh, WeChat, which is pretty much, uh, you know, required from everyone in China to do everything uh, from uh, having conversations to purchasing things to, you know, it's, it's the, the single app that does it everything, the super app, as it were. Um, they're also one of the largest gaming companies in the world. So they haven't announced specific details of exactly how Tencent and Multiverse X are going to kind of use partnership. And here you can see, um, you know, this is Benny. Uh, Benjamin is the CEO of Multiverse X. Uh, and then he's with uh, Leo Lee, who's a VP of Europe for Tencent Cloud. Um, so very strong strategic partnership for them. Uh, makes me uh, excited to see the future of what's happening with Multiverse X as well. More things with Multiverse X. They just launched their brand new wallet. So if you've been following along with their ecosystem, a couple things that they're doing is uh, essentially a, a, an overhaul of their entire ecosystem. Uh, bringing it on brand to the new Multiverse X brand, but also adding and updating functionality. So they previously launched the X Exchange. Uh, this last week, they launched the X Wallet. Here's a preview of it. Um, did I miss it? Uh, let me see if I can show you a quick preview. I'll see if I can log into my wallet quickly, um, just to give you a sense of what it is. And I think they've, they've done a really good uh, way of kind of apportioning um, the experience. Uh, it's very clean. You can see how this is one of my demo wallets. Um, you know, it shows you portfolio history, uh, gives you a view of all the coins that are on your wallet. Um, and also, you know, very, very uh, much in my heart, lets you look at NFTs, uh, lets you dive into, you know, specific tokens, uh, very much manage your stake as well, claim your rewards. So uh, super easy, very friendly experience. Uh, you know, kudos to the team for this. Uh, one thing I wished is that rather than showing a huge long address here, they would actually show my hero tag. Uh, for those of you who aren't in Multiverse X, they have a uh, friendly name system that comes sort of by default if you use their app, and that's the hero tag. Um, so yeah, the steps on the way for them. Um, the other thing that was launched in the Multiverse X ecosystem was a bridge to bring across some more stable coins. So they have a bridge that can now bring across, uh, in addition to USDC, which they had before, they can bring across USDT, as well as BUSD, that's going to seem like it's less useful uh, very soon, I am sure. But <laughs> there it is. You, you, you have that. You can transfer it. Um, they have a portal. They, their, their bridge is called the Ad Astra portal. Um, and it's a place that you can you come to transfer these on. They've already been, you know, feeling significant inflows into the Multiverse X ecosystem. So I'm excited to see how this uh, burgeoning DeFi uh, begins to play out here. Um, on that, we also want to talk a little bit about AshSwap. We had the folks from AshSwap on our channel uh, a week or two ago. Um, they're building StableSwap on Multiverse X, and they just launched live to mainnet. So we have StableSwaps on USDC, uh, USDT, and BUSDT. Um, BUSD. Man, there's so many acronyms. I am sorry. <laughs> I'm sure you'll go back and I've got it wrong a thousand times. Anyway, all the stablecoins, StableSwap, 
first time that stable swap is launched on the multiverse x ecosystem i think the ecosystem as a whole has been a little bit of a laggard uh in terms of DeFi capabilities quickly catching up with some of these new launches so lots of good things happening there very happy about that uh contingent staking so let's talk about this this has been a long conversation that's been happening in the cardano community a lot of drama happening around this uh, and I think this headline epitomizes the drama. Cardano founder says, contingent staking critics don't understand a basic concept, end quote. Um, so as one of the critics of contingent staking, I don't feel like this is, you know, perhaps an appropriate approach uh, and, and is, is a very open um, and, uh, let's say, a fostering of discussion. <laughs> so, uh, but this has very much gotten heated. There have been lots of conversations on Twitter uh, Charles has even put out a second video where I don't think he uh, uh, strayed too far from this basic tone of what he was saying. Uh, and there will be a Twitter Spaces. So for those of you who are interested, uh, watch Charles's account. He's going to host a Twitter Spaces. Uh, ostensibly, uh, folks who are against contingent staking are able to come and talk about it. For those of you who aren't aware, what is contingent staking? Uh, effectively, it gives stake pool operators the ability to refuse stake based on pretty much any criteria. Uh, and so, it, in my opinion, introduces a permission layer to the basic protocol that was not there before. Um, if you'd like my thoughts on it, I wrote up a long thread on contingent staking. It's here on Twitter. I will probably be doing another video as well. There's one video up on the channel. Um, and another one after all the conversation that's happened will probably be coming in the next couple of days. So watch for that. I think this is an important flashpoint for the Cardano community, less so because of the specific topic. I think the topic is important, but also it is our real first foray as, as Voltaire, which is the uh, community governance and you know true decentralized governance on Cardano is, is looming. Uh, this is a test for our capabilities of can we do uh, community governance in a way that we can you know, reach a good conclusion uh, and that we can still keep cohesiveness of the community. Uh, and so I think those are you know, all questions. This is kind of a first for the Cardano community to, to have such large level of conversations with the impending uh, promise that it will be a governance vote that's on chain. Uh, for those of you who are in the cosmos, you're well aware that these kind of fights happen all the time. That's why you know, I think uh, I often say that decentralized governance is the final boss of crypto. And if we can get that right, I think we're in a pretty good spot. I uh, just want to pause here to say hi to Adrian. Uh, always great to have you um, on the show. Uh, welcome. And if you have any questions or thoughts about these stories, just drop them in chat as well. You know, happy to cover those as well. Okay, let's moving on. Um, this made my day. So last week, we talked a little bit about the fact that you can now have NFTs on Bitcoin. Uh, they, they're called ordinals. Uh, there's been a lot of controversy in the Bitcoin community about should there be an ordinal, shouldn't there be an ordinal? Uh, you know, how does this affect sound money? It seems not serious. It's increasing block size. Other people are like, hey, it's great. NFTs and Bitcoin. And so they've been uh, already more than a million dollars in transaction fees through these ordinals. Uh, my perception is it's helping to support the security budget of Bitcoin. And now you can play Doom directly on Bitcoin. <laughs> so Doom will be for posterity uh, forever there. Uh, congratulations to the Bitcoin uh, folks. You, you have sound money, but you also have NFTs. You've joined the cool kids. Welcome. Um, so, you, you know, I, I was going to make a joke that only shitcoins have NFTs, thinking that, that of course, that one of the, the coins that I talk a lot about in terms of the ethos of crypto is Monero. And one could never have NFTs on Monero, right? Wrong. <laughs> 
So a non-shop, which is a great account for Monero information that you, you should follow here, uh, has a guide for building NFTs on Monero. Yeah, you can do NFTs on Monero. Um, thankfully, very quickly, the engineering team said, uh, that doesn't sound like a very Monero thing to do. <laughs> so they're currently uh, implementing a proposal that would limit the uh, space that you can essentially have for uh, NFTs. They, they were using the TX Extra field to one kilobyte. That doesn't allow very interesting NFTs. Uh, and there have also been discussions about removing this field completely. Obviously, Monero as a privacy uh, currency, having random NFTs floating around your coins um, is a great way to kind of embed tracking into the system. There are, of course, uh, you know, from conversations that I don't fully understand, uh, people aren't concerned that this is <clears throat> breaking the privacy of Monero. Uh, but there is, uh, you know, obviously some concern having this and that there could be attacks that haven't yet been thought of. Um, so, again, kudos to the devs for uh, figuring out a, a very quick solution to this. Um, and kudos to Anon Sharp for minting NFTs on Monero. More Monero news. So we've got, uh, you know, lots of stuff happening with Monero NFTs, but we also have places trying to ban it. So Dubai bans all privacy coins, a death blow for Monero and Zcash in the Middle East. Um, if any of you know how well it works out when governments ban things, uh, you will know that death blow is perhaps overblown. Uh, now, how many times has China banned Bitcoin? Um, I've lost count at this point, and yet there is still mining happening in China, and there are still many Chinese citizens who have Bitcoin. Um, so while I think this is news to be aware of, I don't think it's quite the death knell that the um, author of the article at the street uh, would say it is. Now, of course, governments want to ban privacy coins, right? The reason for banning privacy coins is uh, they cannot track you. Uh, governments like to track you for all sorts of things, even if you're doing legal things. And thankfully, here in the United States, we have the Fourth Amendment, uh, which prevents illegal search. Um, we also, unfortunately, have the Patriot Act, which bolsters illegal search. So we're somewhere in the, in the middle. Uh, this is, uh, I think, going to be a fight for the ages because privacy currencies uh, not only prevent government uh, law enforcement from uh, creating overreach, uh, but they also are difficult for tax authorities to track. Uh, and there, there have been, if you're a, a smart criminal, you're not going to use Bitcoin for your ransom. You're likely going to use a privacy coin uh, like Monero for your ransom. There are all sorts of stories where uh, criminals uh, demanded Bitcoin and the, the FBI and other authorities were able to track them, able to seize that Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is fully transparent, remember. <laughs> so don't do crime with Bitcoin. Don't do crime with Monero either. Uh, just enjoy your privacy. Uh, privacy is good. Um, so with all the SEC overreach, back to our good friends at the SEC, uh, Binance is now considering severing U.S. ties. So Binance does have uh, an exchange here in the U.S. They have Binance.us available in many states. Um, it's actually a pretty great uh, you know, service in terms of uh, being able to purchase crypto, being able to transfer it. It's, it's uh, you know, fairly easy. Uh, unfortunately, uh, they're constantly in the crosshairs of government. And so this, in my sense, is a broader view on how the U.S. government and their current policies are pushing crypto and crypto innovation out of the country. And we'll see it pop up in other places. Uh, Singapore is a great hub for crypto innovation. Um, where will the next Silicon Valley of crypto be? Already there's um, the, the crypto, crypto Valley in Switzerland. Switzerland is another country that's very friendly to crypto. They have a lot of strong... Uh, definitions for laws and what you can do with crypto. 
And many of the foundations, like the Ethereum Foundation and the Cardano Foundation, have their headquarters in Switzerland. So it's a, a good move uh, from the Swiss, uh, a bad move from the US in, in my perspective. Last story we have today, why do we keep this fight up? Why do we care about Monero and privacy? Why do we care about crypto? Uh, since 2019, Lebanese banks have imposed restrictions on withdrawals. Uh, this has gotten so bad. There are stories of people uh, literally robbing banks to get their own money. Uh, here's um, the uh, uh, bank that's been burned down. Uh, there are just so many pictures. You can see this is the, the attack on the bank. The currency itself has lost 98% of its value. 98%. To put that in perspective, one of the biggest disasters that we in the crypto world look at is the collapse of Luna. Luna lost 99%, 99.9. So uh, the Lebanese pound is practically like holding Luna, holding your entire savings in Luna, getting paid in Luna and having it crash to nothing. That's why crypto is important. The banks are running out of money. So they've shut the banks. Other reports have talked about ATMs essentially being empty. So there's no money anywhere. People can't get their own savings. Uh, locked in a bank. That's not a world I think we want to be in. That's why self-custody is important. There are videos on this channel that talk about how to self-custody safely and how to make the determination of whether you should self-custody or not. Um, look for the video with a smoke alarm that talks about how to be safe. Uh, and I'll cover some of those trade-offs there. Um, but yeah, that's a quick roundup in the news that we had for this last week. Uh, lots of things going on. Uh, my, my hope here is that you know, we're in turbulent times for crypto. We've been in a bear market now for almost a year. We, we've had some of the most dramatic collapses. These, this this time with billions of dollars behind it. Um, and yet, if you look at Bitcoin, it's still sitting at $24,000. It's still chugging along. Every 10 minutes, there's a new block. Whether the block contains doom or not, there's a new block. And this is why crypto is hopeful. This is why we can point to the future and say, uh, yeah, this creates a permissionless system that anyone can access, that is uncensorable, that can't be stopped. TikTok, next block. See you all later. Cheers.